All right, welcome back to another episode of the Basement Breakdown. Uh, this time, still in the basement of South Dining Hall, of course, after Notre Dame's win over Duke on the road and looking ahead to their matchup against Navy this weekend in South Bend. So we'll give a quick rundown of what happened in Durham, um, and then we'll sort of preview the Navy game, maybe talk a little bit about the college football playoff, some some other Notre Dame sports, and then we'll get into our predictions as usual. So we'll kick it off with, with Hayden for a quick rundown of the win over Duke. Yeah, so this was a... Uh... I hesitate to say much needed win for well, no, I would say much needed win for Notre Dame. The way that they went about it, it was kind of like a, uh, you know, um, what's it, like a mouth rinsing kind of. You rinse rinse your mouth of the taste of of the Michigan game a little bit and the you know near loss to Virginia Tech. Um, Notre Dame got on the board early, a couple of touchdown passes from Ian Book to Chris Fink and Chase Claypool. Um, they go up 21-0, and then at the end of the half, Book gets hit on the arm as he's throwing. Duke picks it off, and they score right before halftime. But, I mean, that was the only way Duke was going to score. Notre Dame's defense looked really, really good. Um, Fink got another touchdown pass. This was really the best game for Chris Fink so far this year. Um, Dover got a field goal, and Book threw a touchdown to George Takis, which – you got to question that because Brock Wright was wide open, literally like three yards to the left, but hey, it worked out. <laughs> um, and a nice uh, way to kind of get back at the ACC network for all that, all the clips they showed of Duke beating Notre Dame in 2016. Um, so yeah, it was a, a, a much needed win for Notre Dame and uh, it was good to see some of the players step up, but the real negative is you lose Julian Okwara for the rest of the season to a broken fibula. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, devastating blow for sure. Um, Otherwise, that was pretty much an all-around performance. Say it's tough to, to draw many conclusions. Just it's hard right. to tell. I mean, how much of it was Duke not being good, mm-hmm. and how much of it was Notre Dame being good? Granted, Duke did beat Virginia Tech thirty-five ten earlier in the season. Forty-five ten. So. They're not. They've proven that. However, you take Virginia Tech to be, uh, we struggled against them. So clearly, there's some comparisons you can draw there. Um, Book was the first Notre Dame quarterback with four passing touchdowns and more than 100 yards rushing in a single game. Take that with a grain of salt because it was against Duke and they just were not looking very good. I, I think remember- at one point they, I can't remember how long they'd gone without a first down before they scored that touchdown it might they might have had one early on in the first quarter I can't remember the exact detail but it they were having a hard time it wasn't even like they were stringing plays together but just couldn't finish they couldn't really get anything going and I I loved how I think it was during halftime the announcer said packed house here in Durham and I I just kind of thought to myself well the chairs are blue (laughs) because it did not look like it was packed at all especially down the stretch there (laughs) but Yeah. yeah good still a win yeah, yeah, yeah. Always good to get a commanding win on the road, especially. Um, so now Notre Dame will have Navy come into South Bend this weekend. Uh, top 25 matchup. Navy is at 23, I in believe, the college, in the college the football playoff. And then Notre Dame is at 16. They actually dropped a spot because Minnesota right. ended up beating Penn State. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and... Not a sold-out game, which will end the the streak of 
selling out games, which is how long is the streak? It's, exactly. I think it's like 273 Some, games. That sounds about right. It, dates back to, it dates back to 1973 when right. Notre Dame won the national championship. Yeah. I don't know what. I think it was when they played Air Force that year. So that was, mm-hmm. some, was yeah. something about Academies. armed forces schools. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and it's the first time that <clears throat> Notre Dame and Navy are both ranked in a matchup since 1978. Mm, wow. Joey Montana days. And Navy is currently seven and one. They're in they're in first in the American Athletic Conference, I believe. Yeah, that's it. Um, well, they want Navy. They play the twelfth slowest game in football. They're the twelfth uh, yeah. fewest offensive plays, and they're scoring forty points a game. So that's for a team that runs the triple option. That is a lot of offense in not a lot of plays. They've uh, had I think five straight games with. Uh, twenty or more, or like twenty three or more points, I think it is something like that. But yeah. with as few plays as they run, and as meticulously as they chew clock, that's like a regular team scoring fifty points in a yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sticking to that theme on the academies, I think back on OU's near loss to Army last year, which I know they're different teams, but they kind of operate in similar manners. And one of the things that I took away from that game was just how the best way to beat a team like OU with such a dynamic offense was just to keep the ball out of their hands. And Notre Dame, I think it's fair to say, is a far less dynamic offense than last year's OU Mm -hmm. team, which makes you concerned about a team that's able to keep the ball out of your hands and still put 40 points up. That's a lot to try to manage. You have limited possessions, and you really do have to make the most of it. Well, so. there's, there are a couple of things to that. and One of them is Notre Dame is by no means an explosive offense, but the thing that concerns me more is just the lack of efficiency mm-hmm. from this offense because, like, I mean, I don't think this would be, like, 2016 when they had six possessions for the whole game, but they're definitely not going to have as many as usual. So you have to be uncharacteristically efficient, which worries mm-hmm. me. But the other thing is that, Navy's schedule is not made up of world beaters by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, their two best opponents are Memphis and South Florida. No, Memphis and Tulane, um, who have the number 20 and 21 ranked total offenses, I think. Mm. Um, And they ended up losing to Memphis at Memphis, but they were up 20 to 7 in that game, I think, before. I would argue that Houston's better than people. They haven't played Houston they, yet. They, yeah, it's they later on. Yeah. yeah, and they still have to play SMU, which is well, I think they're like, be a big they're, one. They're, they're up there, yeah. Well, to be fair, they have. Yeah, their schedule's not the best, but they've taken care of business when it comes yeah, to. Yeah, that's true. I mean, thirty-two point win over South Florida. I mean, they beat Air Force by more than I think Air Force is a good football team. They've been by more than a touchdown. Yeah, um, I think it goes number one, number two in the country in uh, rushing total rushing yeah. offense, and um, they're. Maybe, Air Force and their uh, the Navy is ninth in the nation in offensive efficiency too. So it's going to be all about you know run defense, which is certainly not a hot take. And I think that mm. uh, you know we've seen two really big tests for the Irish front seven. And I think in Athens they passed pretty resoundingly, and in Ann Arbor they certainly did not. Mm. Uh, so that's going to be the big test because if you know they, they look at that Michigan film and figure it out because yeah. that that run-stopping effort is not going to get it done on Saturday. Although yeah. I did hear a stat that um, the, the good thing is that Notre Dame's defense combined has, like, over 800 snaps against Navy, like, in their careers. Mm-hmm. And Alohi Gilman only has, like, 60 of those, and he knows this 
offense better than anybody. Mm. So, mm. Supposedly all year they've been, you know, had practice periods of triple option working. Like it's not, a, it's no longer a one week preparation. Yeah. This is constantly in the back of Brian Kelly's mind. Uh, and they recruit players specifically just for like scout teaming, like players who can. Yeah. There was a walk on last year. I'm spacing on who it was, but I covered him for the, Maybe Robbie Reagan, I think. Lawrence who, Keys was recruited. It was people who had run it in high there. school and basically that's was, was it Nolan Henry? No. Maybe so. There were a few offensive players that basically mm. they said, Come in here and you're gonna be a big role when um Navy Week rolls around. Mm. So glad to see that they're changing yeah. that strategy to not make it singularly focused around one week. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh Navy is coming off a of bye week, so they've also had some time to prepare for Notre Dame. Um and their best, I mean, yeah, they're definitely their best player. Their star is Malcolm Perry, senior quarterback. He's um, he has more rushing touchdowns than Notre Dame does. As a team. Yeah, he has. Uh, he's already rushed for over a thousand yards on the year. Um, he, and he, I mean, he's thrown for five touchdowns and seven hundred and twenty-two yards as well. Uh, he he is really good. I've weirdly caught some Navy games on like weeknights that they've played, and <laughs> I've been shocked. I remember watching them. I think they were when it was Southern Florida, and I just saw him th- throw like a beautiful fade in the red zone, and I was floored that like to see that from Navy, but it was incredible. And I mean, he's really good. And a lot of people, I think, on the Navy side, then like the media, is talking about how this is a big chance for him to be on national television and in the spotlight against a you know a big opponent to really make a statement um, for for himself. You know, obviously, he's talked about how he's focused on a team win, of course, but you'd have to think that a little part of him wants to show out while he has the chance to be on national TV. And his his biggest weapon is going to be uh, Michael Cooper, who is coming out of retirement from his playing days with the Lakers to play wide receiver for Navy. Do any of you get that joke? Okay. No. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, that's I guess that's email all hate mail to hate. I guess that's for my dad. Um, <laughs> no, he's a they have a six five wide receiver, Michael Cooper, who um I mean he basically just gets ignored because everyone feels like Navy's never gonna throw it, and so at some point during the game Perry's gonna drop back and throw it to right. him and he's it's I mean he's not Chase Claypool, but he's got a claypool size. So right. He's gonna be trouble. The thing for Notre Dame is they have to capitalize on the fact that Navy's corners are like five eight and five nine. Mm. And if you take away Claypool, Komet's gotta have a field day or vice versa. Right. Right. Navy's they've thrown the ball sixty two times this season, which for them is airing it out. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know? Exactly. And they've been very um very boomer bust on it. They're they're throwing for over twelve yards a pass, which is second only mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts. Um they also have a couple interceptions, more than they should have for how little they throw. Mm. So you know, it'll definitely be a key for the Irish to mitigate the big plays because they have had them through the air. Yeah. I think this game in general will be defined by big moments and how each team responds, which you could say that about any game. I get that's kind of the trend. But I think in general, seeing how Notre Dame obviously did not respond to Michigan and then even Virginia Tech when they had the chance to make a statement and really didn't do it and really we can't draw any conclusions from Duke, still hard to tell what that all means. Mm-hmm. So I think this one's going to be interesting to see if they have it in them to come out and like pump, put on the gas and not let up throughout the majority of the game. That will be very telling. Or if they let Navy hang around and have one of those big moments, have a big play, yeah. um, that'll yeah. be a big thing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, so I, I, th- I think, and I think we all think it'll be 
you know, an interesting game. Um, so now we get, we'll do a quick rundown or just talk about the college football rankings. It's the second week of the playoff rankings. Row the um, boat. Yeah. Minnesota's Minnesota. coming for the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, were, they were underranked this week. They were underranked. Yeah. yeah. But still, so? they're Absolutely. I mean, whose who's strength of schedule has been better, Baylor or, or Minnesota? What I don't understand is if you're if you're ranking Oregon, who has a loss and no quality win as good as Minnesota's win over Penn State, the only, the only way to justify Oregon being higher than Minnesota is that Oregon's been historically good. That, that there's, I don't think there's any mm. argument as to what's this gone down on the yeah. season. I mean, you can argue that Minnesota has all these close wins in their early season, which is yeah. fair, but I don't. I think the precedent's been set that wins are usually wins. I, I think the committee is so inconsistent that it's so frustrating, and like I don't even know how to you know respond yeah, I mean, to that like, at this point. But like, I think if you, LSU yeah, like that made no sense, and then put Penn State at four in the same ranking that made. And no now sense. you, and I mean Ohio State, like LSU should have been number one, but yeah. Ohio State you had number one. They took care of business, yeah. killed Maryland, yeah, and then they get dropped for LSU. Yeah. I mean, just like put LSU at the start. I mean. Yeah, I, Minnesota. I know it, they're. I'm pretty sure they're not favored against Iowa. Nah. So I mean, maybe that says something about just like the eye tests. Well, Iowa's but, defense is really good, and so I think that they don't think that Minnesota's going to be able to pick them apart like they did Penn State. It just maybe. it just frustrates me a little. Like the everyone talks about what a quality loss Oregon has. Right. It was week one, and it was on a neutral field, but it's. It's still worse than no loss. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's and like, they blew a big lead. I mean, like, like you can talk about quality game. losses, and I know that it it you know as far as losses go that it was one, but I don't know. I I think that in terms wins and style points, if you've won all your games and you play in the Big Ten, which I think we'd all agree has been proven to be a very solid conference. I don't know. They're they're a team that I think could could be in the CFP at twelve and one. I don't see why Penn State couldn't make it. Mm, okay, interesting. Um, How about Baylor Oklahoma this weekend? <laughs> yeah, that'll be that'll be a good game. Well, actually, I think Oklahoma will, will win pretty handily. Yeah, I mean Baylor just barely scraped by TCU and triple over. Yeah, yeah. Well, Oklahoma had their own scare this weekend, didn't they? Iowa State came back late. Yeah, but I mean, Iowa State's a, a weird. Kind and was that away? It was a home game for yeah. OU. Okay. Pretty positive. Uh, OU has just yeah, forty-one to forty-two. So. OU just has like consistent defensive issues, and like Baylor put up, I think forty something on Oklahoma State. But even Oklahoma's defense is is one of the better as far as Big Twelve teams go. Like they held Texas to twenty-eight points or something, which is on Texas has struggled, but they're still good. So yeah, Oklahoma's probably going to win that game. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, especially it'll be interesting to see who that fourth team is, presuming, you know, Ohio State wins out, but uh, which I think I think they will. But, I mean, well, I don't know. The Michigan game could be interesting. But, yeah, in any case, always fun to talk about. Um, so before we get into predictions and whatnot, we do a quick Notre Dame sports rundown. Um, uh, well, the big one that I just kind of found out was – we mentioned this last week. Abby Prohaska for mm-hmm. the women's basketball team um, was it pulmonary, Pul- uh, bilateral pulmonary embolism. Yeah, which basically means she has blood clots in her lungs um, out indefinitely. Yeah, yeah, but what was really cool? Did you guys see this? Oh, Steph Curry. Steph Curry yeah, 
from the Golden State Warriors, that's Steph Curry, recorded a message for mm. Prohaska encouraging her to get better. And it was cool because they filmed the team, like the the Notre Dame women's team in, a, in their room, like all watching the screen. And Muffet like said, oh, someone special filmed a video for you, Abby. And it's Steph. And he like says his message. And then at the end, he's like, hope to see, hope you get better. And hope to see you soon. And then like all the girls kind of are like, ooh, he hopes to see you <laughs> soon, Abby. And it's just, it's just really cool to see. Um, to see all that, you know, yeah. to, in, in support of her. Yeah, for sure. So, Abraska, sophomore guard, she was kind of a key reserve. She really stepped oh, up yeah. down the stretch she last year. She played most of any of their freshmen last year. Yeah. Um, kind so, of a gritty kind of player. Yeah. Like a 5'8 guard, 5'9. Yeah, um, just a get gets boards and plays defense to kind of guard that they kind of need right now. Yeah, the women's team dropped their first game of the Well, it's not the first game of the season. First loss of the season to Tennessee. Ended up losing, I think, by 11, 11 or 12, but they were down 18 at one point at home. Tennessee unranked, although still a powerhouse program by all regards um, in terms of recruits and everything. So it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, they came to the season ranked 16th. I'm not sure what they've dropped to, but this is a very different team than Muffet McGraw. Is probably used to coaching, younger. Um, they've got a few grad students, but it's a very different dynamic. So... Let's see, who do they have next up on their schedule? UConn is around the corner, but they've got Michigan, Michigan State. Michigan State will be a big one. Um, UConn is not until December 8th, so still got some time on that. Moving on to men's basketball, what's, what's the update? They got them? Marshall uh, tomorrow or Friday night at 7 p.m. They just beat Howard 79-50, a little bit of a reunion for um, – Eric Atkins, former Notre Dame player, is an assistant oh, yeah. at Howard. Um, and then they and they had just beaten Robert Morris on Saturday, November 9th, 92-57. Um, non-conference schedule still looking pretty weak, but last year didn't they drop one to like oh, uh, Radford? Or Radford, something? yeah. So it was like, a- they're looking a lot better. Prentice Hub, sophomore guard, he's looking a lot better um, now that he's fully healed from an ACL tear his senior year of high school. Mm. Um I think the soccer women's soccer just had a big recruiting class. Notre Dame men's basketball had uh, a couple of signees on National Signing Day: uh, Matt Zona and Elijah Taylor. Nice, yeah. And uh, hockey stayed undefeated. <laughs> they beat Ohio State in a two-game home series. Exciting. One of them, yeah, both exciting ones. One of them went into overtime. Um, so they're I believe there are three in the USA Today poll and four in mm-hmm. U.S. College Hockey Online. Um, and they'll take on Wisconsin on the road this weekend. And Wisconsin, I believe, is number 15. And uh, But it's always tough to play on the road in Madison. No breaks in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah. Big seven. <laughs> yeah, so, but, but looking good. And then rounding out men's soccer, they lost in the ACC tournament to Clemson on the road, but they are preparing to hear their bid for a random soccer player saying they don't know the game yet, but that they're expected to host at least one, maybe even two rounds of the NCAA really? tournament. Yes. So cool. that's probably going to come out this week. So keep women's you up to on that. Okay. I hadn't followed that one. And then of course, our favorite fencing starts their season this week. We are a fencing school. Um, we only they only have one invitational in the fall, and then they pick up their season in spring. But they'll be headed to Philadelphia. Don't they have a bunch of players out training? Yeah, for they the have Olympics? four of their key players are training for the Olympics wow. or athletes. One of them, Nick Itkin, is a two-time national champion. And when I talked to the head coach, he said that there is 
all signs are indicating that he's on track to qualify. So he's had a dominant uh, kind of training season. He finished second or third at the World Cup recently. So stay tuned. We might have an Olympian in our midst. (laughs) Very cool. Um, All right. So with that, we could do a fact or fiction just to please the masses if anyone has one. On hand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hayden's got one. Yeah. I mean, this isn't anything like, you know, like a hot take or anything. It's just, um, you know, every every time Notre Dame plays Navy, it always seems like there's one player who kind of has themselves a game on, on defense. Mm-hmm. So, fact or fiction, Notre Dame's leading defensive tackler has 15 tackles. Um, I'll say... Oh. I'm going to say fiction just because I don't think Navy's going to run enough plays to make that happen. Okay. I was going to say fact, but I like that take. This I'll, is a – oh, I'm so sorry. Finish no, 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 you're good. I'm going to lean fiction. I, I, I kind of agree with Jack. So they have much more sound logic, but I'm going to go fact purely for the fact that Alohi Gilman in his quote said that when mm-hmm. he takes the field, he's ready to tear some people's heads <laughs> off. So <laughs> I think Alohi's going to go for it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I have an express factor fiction. There we go. Really quickly. So I'm curious. Minnesota wins out. They lose a close game to Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. They're 12 and 1, their one loss being to Ohio State. Oregon wins out, and Oklahoma wins out. And the three of them are all in contention for the fourth spot. Factor fiction, Minnesota gets the fourth spot to play in the CFP. Fiction. Wait, how right. much? How much do they lose to Ohio State by? Because the one thing they can't say within a touchdown. I, I think Oklahoma's out of it. I don't. I think they've had their shot, and yeah. Yeah. Um, but Oregon, I could see sneaking in there. Yeah, I think Oregon would make it in that case. Um, I think it hurts Jalen Hurts honestly that he's had two Heisman winners before him. Because like right. he's putting up Heisman level stats, but it's kind of everyone's just like, everyone's sick of giving OU. Yeah, Burrow's going to win the Heisman now. Yeah, like, yeah. I think it's probably uh, fiction that they would, but they would be my fourth team under those circumstances. Yeah, I would, I would still put Oregon, but and I, th- but I think there's a part of the committee that definitely like wants the Pac-12 in. Yes, just, you know what I mean. Well, Pac-12, yeah. the, the politics of it are definitely right. Yeah, right. I, I mean, like it'd just be a big slap in the face to Pac-12 if Oregon were to, you know, win out, uh, or it wouldn't be a big one, but it'd still be like I'm you sure guys willing to slap the Pac-12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. One thing we did forget to mention, does anyone else have a fact or fiction? Mm-hmm. One thing we forgot to mention, Cole Komet and Liam Eikenberg both said they're coming back next year. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, very good. Good to have them back. Um, all right, so let, let's just get into predictions, wrap it up on another electric episode. And we'll <laughs> it's get, electric. We'll get, we'll get <laughs> on the best one. Um, uh, okay. Does anyone want to start? I actually forgot. My I'll start us out. Um, so let me pull up and see what I said. I know what my score was. <laughs> so, yeah, I was actually pretty impressed by Notre Dame's game at Duke, which I know will have a lot of people cringing, but I generally thought Chris Fink finally showed up a few games too late, but nonetheless, he was there. Um, it was good to see some different receivers get in the mix and Fink also created with he was the leading rusher of the game. I think he had 149 yards or 139 net yards. Book was Book. I'm sorry, yes. not fake. Yeah, yes. thank you for catching me on that. Um, so there's a lot to talk about in the offense. We'll see how that translates this week, but I think that will be enough to overcome Navy. But I also think Navy has long been underrated by Notre Dame fans who are simply used to 
rolling over Navy in recent history. Um, but so I'm going to go Navy 28, Notre Dame 30. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. So Navy is always one of those games that has Notre Dame fans biting their nails, you know, because uh, it's just so hard to play against the triple option. I liked what I saw against Duke. The problem is I just don't know what Notre Dame team is going to show up on on any given Saturday at this point. Um, the loss of Julian Okwara hurts, but he's kind of struggled this season against running uh, against the run game, and so and you know there's not going to be a lot of chances to to get after the quarterback in this game when Perry's not going to drop back much. Um, I think the defense, with all its experience against the triple option, will stand firm. The offense just has to, you know, be a little more efficient than they have been. And I'm going to say that, given they just came off a really good showing against Duke, they're they're going to have enough in this one. So I think Notre Dame pulls it out, 27-21. Yeah, it's been ten years since Navy's won in South Bend. Um, I've mentioned on this podcast before that these these games against, even though they're not your typical bottom twenty-five teams, these are games that Brian Kelly just tends to win in his time here. Um, you know, the run defense is scary. I mean, it's, it's going to take everything, uh, you know, to be able to stop them. But I think that this is a game where you know exactly what they're going to come out and do. There's no mystery as to how much they're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball. We know that. Uh, and I think, I think they're going to have them ready or as ready as they need to be. It's going to be close. It would not, it would certainly not shock me to see Navy win the game. Um, but I don't think this is the, the Irish group to, uh, spoil that streak. So I'm going to say Irish 24, Navy 17. Yeah. Um, I I was a little too pessimistic last week. I should have realized that Duke is awful. Um, <laughs> but I think Navy's really good. I, I, I Like I said, maybe I'm just biased because I've like weirdly caught five or six of their games on TV. But um, I think Malcolm Perry's really good, and I'm really worried about the fact that uh, he can throw – uh, some pretty accurate passes in the red zone if they decide to go to that. And I don't, I don't, even though I've ripped on Notre Dame's offense a lot, I know, I don't think that they'll have trouble like with the, with Navy's defense, but I just don't know if they'll have enough possessions to be, to capitalize. Cause a lot of times it seems like it takes them a while to get going. Um, and I, I think even though Navy is number 23, just the eye test for me, I think they're, I think they're better than at least three teams ranked ahead of them, uh, but they just can't be ranked that well because of the low level of competition they face. So I think Navy's going to win this one, um, 28-24. Yeah. Got to end the show on that <laughs> note. <laughs> right. So with that, that's it. That's the basement breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wrap. Oh, yeah.